welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 242 of the podcast. It's our last week of school around here, and so I'm feeling the crunch time to get things organized and prepped for summer for my kids. But I know some of you are well into it over the past few weeks, and so I hope summer is going well for you. Today I have a great episode to keep you company no matter what your activities include. My guest today is Lori Schlegel. Lori and I first came across each other online. I guess I found her first when she was organizing Allison Faulkner's kitchen a couple years ago and it changed Allison's life and I'm like, wow, she has some great tips. I want to check her out more. And the more I learned about her story, the more extraordinary she became. I also had the opportunity to meet her at Allison's brand school workshop last month and she is even better in person. We're going to talk about going through a very painful divorce for her, stepping out with her daughter and choosing a path that she never envisioned for herself, starting her own organizing business and what that did for her self-confidence and her inner strength, eventually getting remarried, becoming an instant mom. We really cover the full gamut of topics today. There's something for everybody, but I know that you are going to be so inspired and encouraged by Lori and you're going to want to go clean out your spice drawer after listening to this episode. You'll see what I mean in a few minutes. So let's get to my incredible conversation with Lori Schlegel. All right. I am so excited to be chatting with Lori Schlegel today. Hi, Lori. Hi. Okay. I have to tell you, my first experience with you was when you redid Alison Faulkner's kitchen and organized her kitchen and you redid her spice drawer and you laid all the spices down and all the labels were facing up. And I immediately went to my kitchen and did the same thing in one of my drawers. And it has literally changed my baking and cooking life, Lori. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. I love it when little small changes like that make such a difference. Well, and that's the thing. Like, how many times are we annoyed by the same thing, the same drawer, the same process, the same product, whatever it is day after day, and really just taking 10 minutes to do something about it and solve the issue would save you hundreds of hours of angst. <laughs> Why don't we do that? I don't understand. I don't know. I know. It's so funny. We all do it. I'm myself included in different things in life. But yeah, it is it is so funny when you step back and take a look at things and it's like, wow, I could make my life easier. I'm not sure why I'm not doing it. Totally. And it's so much easier to look in somebody else's kitchen in their drawers and be like, why are, why are you living like this? Why are you doing it this way? You could easily solve the problem. So sometimes it is helpful to have outside eyes coming in. And we're going to talk about that because you're an organizing master. That is now your business and your passion. And we're going to chat more about that. But there's so much to you, Lori, that I can't wait to chat about today. We got to meet at Allison's Brand School Workshop recently, and it was such a pleasure to meet you in person. But for people that may not know you, we just give a little background on yourself and your family. Yeah, sure. And thank you for that. And likewise, it was so fun to meet you. And um, I've, I've loved this podcast and the amazing moms that I've, I've listened to. I'm so grateful for that. So thanks, Lori. So, thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, so a little bit about me. Okay, so I grew up um, here in Utah, very traditional family, five kids, good parents. 
Um, I went to the University of Utah. I'll give you a little background here because people always want to know, how did you start your own professional organizing business? Yeah. Like, do you have a degree in it or what? <laughs> so, um, so I went to the University of Utah and graduated in health sciences. Um, and I've, I've always been a person that's kind of interested in a wide variety of things. So from there, I actually went back and interned in Washington, D.C. Um, on Capitol Hill and kind of had that experience. I, and then I came back and worked for a U.S. senator um, in politics here, um, and I was his scheduler. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of organization related, um, but very politically focused, obviously. And then I went and kind of made a career change and started doing fundraising and event planning for nonprofits. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, and in the meantime, I got married at about 24 and um, kept working and then had a little girl. Her name is Dallas Jane. We call her Dallas. Um, and I decided to stop working after I had her. Um, and then um, my marriage kind of, I call it, kind of hit a breaking point. Um, anyways, and so at that point, um, I felt really inspired to do something, to go back to work or to, to do something in that arena, but I, I didn't want to go back to work full time. And so I had heard of people starting their own organizing businesses. So I just did a bunch of research and that's when I started my business. Um, and so anyways, I, I loved doing it and it was great. And I, I stayed in my marriage. You know, I, I know I mentioned that kind of breaking point or whatever you want to call it. I stayed and tried to, to save my marriage for a couple years. And ultimately, um, when my daughter was about four, I ended up getting divorced. Um, and so I kind of did the single mom thing and run my own business. And I worked for Make-A-Wish at that time as well, doing their organizing all their events. Um, and then... Um, Recently, last year, I got remarried, so now my life, again, is a whole new chapter, a whole new phase, but through it all, I've, I've been doing the business, and, and I've absolutely loved it, so hopefully, does that give you a, it does. a, a glimpse into things? That is just perfect. And what I love is that here you have a young daughter and your marriage, you're unsure of the future and you realize you need something to get you going. And you could have reverted back to what you had previously done more traditionally, what your skill set and your education was focused on. And that would have been, you know, probably a fine path as well. But I love that you really went the avenue of your real passion of your heart. And you're like, I don't know how to do this organizing business thing, but I bet I can figure it out. Have you always been kind of a person that has been determined to just kind of have a vision or have a passion and you just kind of go for it? Is that part of your nature? Um, yeah, you know, I would say that I'm a little bit of a planner, you know, I like mm -hmm. to kind of plan and envision and, and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is enticing to me to kind of create and, and run your own business. And, and I feel like that is a part of me, um, whether for good or bad, too, because I think, you know, we'll dive into more of it here in this podcast. But, you know, I definitely had a plan for what my life would look like as a mom and motherhood and all of that. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and life life had a very different plan for me. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I do have um, that that drive or that vision. Um, but you know, I've had lots of bumps along the way and, and I've also been very scared by the idea of running my own business a lot too. It's not just that I, you know, totally that it's easy for me, but, but I have been so grateful for 
the opportunity and, and the things that it's taught me. I love how you said that it was exciting and you were looking forward to the business aspect of it, but then it's also scary. And so those two things can coexist. And it doesn't mean that fear and the hard and the challenge of a new venture, it doesn't mean that it's the wrong path either. So I think that's really important for for people to really consider. So I'm curious, you said that your marriage hit a breaking point and it wasn't until a few years later that you actually did divorce. And I have many friends going through divorces right this second. And they are so, so concerned, not only for themselves, but mostly for their kids. And you had a very young daughter. And as an extraordinary mom, I can only imagine the pressure you felt of wanting to keep your family intact. But how did you work through that? How were you able to to balance doing what was best for you while also trying to protect and do what's right for your daughter? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, you know, I would have liked to have saved my marriage as well for, for the marriage to, to be good and, and for all that could have existed there. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it it definitely was a huge motivating factor for me. You know, I had this little girl, she wasn't even two at the time, and I just, I couldn't wrap my brain around or my heart around the idea of you know, raising her with divorced parents. Like I just couldn't even get myself there, even though looking back, um, yeah, it, it, like it was at that breaking point and, 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 um, and it was probably time to be done, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get myself there. And so I did stay and, and, um, and it was the right decision for me, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to explore, any of that. Cause I, I know that feeling my heart goes out to people so much who are in that place of, I can't do this. I can't do this to the kids. Um, and I have to say everybody's situation is so individualized that I would never try to provide the answer for anyone, but I'm so happy to share kind of what my journey looked like to hopefully give hope, um, hope to people, no matter what their situation is. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I hear from women on both sides of it that there's guilt and there's struggle that comes with staying and um, modeling kind of unhealthy patterns or contention within the home, and yet you're staying for the kids. And then there's guilt and challenge and contention that comes with divorce as well, potentially. And so how did you kind of walk through that and decide which path was really going to be better for you and your situation? Absolutely. It's a really good question. I hope I can, I hope I can answer it well. Um, let's see, how did I, how did I make this decision? So for me, because I, you know, I found myself in that place where I just, I I felt like I just wanted to fight for this, um, for her sake. And, um, and so I did. And, and for me, I'm glad I did. Now I know people who reach that breaking point and then it's done and it's over. And that's absolutely the correct thing for them too. So, Mm -hmm. so again, in me sharing all this, you know, it's not to say this is the right way, but for me, um, the thing that was really beneficial even though, because it would be easy for me to look back and be like, oh, and, and there have been moments of frustration where I'm like, oh, I stayed and I gave everything and I tried so hard and it still ended up in divorce years later, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be easy to be, you know, frustrated at that. And at times, you know, I'm not perfect and I have been, but overall I would say I am so grateful for that time that I did stay and work on it because, 
um, more than anything, it helped me know that like I had given all, you know, and that I had worked on the things that weren't working for my husband at the time. Um, you know, he had his complaints just like I had my complaints of the things that weren't working for us. And, and so I really, I was going to counseling. I was working on different things about myself. I was trying to improve and, um, And I think that's the thing, too, that I love so much about my business is it was in that phase that I was starting my business. And so it was very hard, but it also helped me just dig deeper than I ever had in my life in so many different ways Um, and helped me learn about myself and gain more confidence um, and learn that, like, I really am the owner of my own happiness here. Mm. Um, And so even if I am in a bad marriage and this marriage is not healing and getting better and it's not what I want it to be, I can still be a happy, healthy person and I can still find ways to connect and contribute through my business or through motherhood or Um, And that's not to say that it's still not heartbreaking when your marriage is not going well and you feel alone and, you know, you feel a little ripped off or whatever you feel. Um, Yeah, those feelings are totally real. But when you take the time to invest in yourself um, and kind of take ownership of that happiness that like, you know what, this isn't going to define me um, and I will choose, you know, to to create what I want here. when it came time, when it kind of reached, I guess I would call it the final breaking point, mm-hmm. <laughs> the true breaking point of when I decided, okay, I'm, I'm done. Um, I was able to leave from a place of peace knowing that, you know, we, we tried, we'd done everything that we could and that I'm ready to allow him to be him and I need to be me so that we can go forward and in our own way, be healthy for our child. And, um, you know, in that time too, you know, I had to do a lot of forgiveness work and, um, of, of myself and of him, you know, things that I had done wrong in the marriage and things he had done wrong. Um, and that work is super powerful. And, and so even if you feel like you're stuck in a marriage right now, if you feel just like you're beating your head against a wall and that it's just not getting better, um, just try to um, focus on what you can take ownership of and get yourself to a great place. And either your marriage will rise up with you and hopefully it will rise up and you will find a better path together. That would be wonderful. But even if it doesn't, then you're in a much better place to um, go forward and co-parent together from a place of, of peace and, and happiness. So I don't right. know. Hopefully that's helpful. Yes, that is such a great response. And I think all of us have catalysts in our life that really cause us to reevaluate who we are, what we believe, dig a little deeper, heal old wounds, all of those things. And we don't get to pick what that catalyst is. A lot of times it's just, it appears in our life. Um, you know, and obviously sometimes we can show up as a player in contributing to some of those types of things, but ultimately God wants the best for us, right? And, and he does not want you to have your marriage and a divorce, but if that is the thing that can, can help you to become your best self, to be more introspective, to grow and model for your daughter, what it looks like to really pave a path of joy and happiness and self-love, 
Right. I mean, and that's where, you know, I have to look back and and laugh at the plan that I had. Yeah, right. It's just so, so different than the path that I'm on. But you're exactly right there. There is beauty in all of it. um, And there is a purpose in all of it. There really, truly is. And and as hard as it's been, I will be the first to admit that um, there's great things. There's great things that have come from all of this. And I'm a better person because of it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, how do you, Lori, as a woman and as a mother look different years out of that place? Think about you and the version of yourself at the very beginning of that journey, maybe at that first breaking point, versus the years of effort and work. And regardless of what transpired in the marriage itself, who are you today and what are you modeling for your daughter now in this skin that you're in? Oh man, that is a good question. Um, oh, let's see. What would I say? How how am I different? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I I think I already touched on this a little bit, but maybe I can and say it a little bit more. Um, the awareness of of really owning my own happiness. You know, I think it's so, um, you know, so often in life and I still trip up with this and I still am guilty of it. So don't think that like, Oh, I've perfected this, but I'm just so much more aware of it, of just not, um, not giving away my power and being a victim to other people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone's not treating me how I think they should, or if someone has wronged me or if, you know, whatever it is, I think it's so easy in life. Um, or it's just the natural, it's the natural way our brains work, um, to, to kind of play the victim and, you know, woe is me and self pity and you're not doing this for me and you're not doing that and, and blame everyone else for, our unhappiness or, you know, why things aren't going the way we want. And I think, um, that time of my life, like I remember I totally went through a phase where I was just like depressed and just mad and sad. And like, I just couldn't believe that my life was here. Like I was supposed to be the girl that had this great marriage and, you know, the four stair-step little kids that I was driving around to all their activities and, that's what I always wanted for myself. That was what I, I, you know, I didn't have big career aspirations or growing a business or any of these things. I was the girl that, that had that vision in my mind of of being that mom and running the household. So, um, I did, I went through a phase of total self-pity. I'll admit it. Of just like, this is not fair. And how could I end up here and blah, blah, blah. And then it just finally hit me. And and actually, I can remember when it finally hit me. Um, It was um, Christmas night. And, you know, we had had Christmas together, but it was it was rough because things in our marriage were rough. And I mean, it was a good day and it was it was fine. um, But you just you felt that kind of gut sick feeling inside. You know, I think we Mm -hmm. did a great job for my daughter and she had no idea. And she was so little. But um, I just remember sitting there once I'd put her to bed and, you know, I think my husband and I at the time had gotten into an argument and I was just, he went to bed and, and I just was like, just down and just down in the dumps, you know? And I was sitting there looking at my Christmas tree thinking like, it's Christmas. I still get emotional talking about it. It's so funny. It's Christmas. And I have this amazing 
beautiful little girl who is healthy and just everything I could have wanted in a little girl. And I have this house to live in and I have all these things. And how can I feel just so sad and depressed and, and just kind of ripped off? And so it was in that moment that I sat there and I just kind of made a promise to God that like, okay, my life is so not going how I thought it would not going as planned, but like, I am not going to be a victim anymore. And I'm not going to, um, you know, be caught in my own self pity Mm -hmm. and I'm going to own this and I'm going to try to make it the best that I can. And, um, and so, um, you know, from there you can, I can just trace back all the little pockets of grace. I would say all along the way that just helped me, but it was, it was not, but like a week or two later that I was at a Barnes and Noble and I was thinking, you know, if, if, I, okay, I have, I've got this free time to kill. If I could look at anything, what would I look at right now? And I was drawn to organizing books. And that's when I first started picking them up and looking at them. And I left there and I remember turning to my husband and saying, I'm going to start a professional organizing business. And, um, and then, of course, you know, I had all the, the chatter in my head come up and, oh, that's ridiculous and you can't do it and blah, blah, blah. You know, of course, I went down that road. It wasn't just like, oh, I made the decision and, and then it was smooth sailing from there. But it was you're exactly right when you talk about those catalyst moments where you just decide, OK, you know what? Like, wow, life is kind of super unfair sometimes, but I can still create something wonderful. Um, and I can do this. And I remember changing my password at the time, um, on my computer to own it and, you know, (laughs) some sort of combination, because I just kept reminding myself, like, you have got to own this, Lori, even though it's not what you want it to look like, you can do this. Mm. Oh, that just gives me chills. And you were, I love how you were taking ownership of your part in, in life in general. And regardless of what was going to happen and transpire in those next months and years, you were becoming a better version of yourself so that if the marriage got repaired and you were going to be a better version of a wife and a mom anyway, and there's still that benefit. And as somebody that did get divorced, you were able to walk out with greater confidence, self-awareness, and tools to, again, live that best version of your life in yourself and make that happen. And so none of that effort in within the marriage and none of the effort outside of the marriage was wasted because look what you're able to create for yourself and not expecting someone else to change first or change for you. That's really yeah. freeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think you're right, you know, because I think it's easy to think, oh, well, if if this marriage ends, then I'll be happy. Right. You know, and and it is it's just important to, yeah, start start doing the work right now. And like I said, hopefully my hope, hope for you is that your marriage will heal with you and it will be a beautiful thing because that definitely happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if not, it's all going to be okay. Right. I have definitely seen marriages on the brink where the couple is both committed to owning their part and becoming their best selves. And then the marriage as a whole is strengthened and that, and it can go that way. It can. And so if you're in a struggling marriage right now, there is still that hope. Absolutely. But rest assured that God wants the best for you. And when you're doing your part, it will always be okay. And you're proof of that. Yeah, thanks. You I really are. I, I appreciate that. 
Hey everyone, I hope you are loving getting to know Lori better and hearing about her inspiring journey that she has been on. I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors right now, and that is Care.com. You may think of Care.com as the place to find babysitters, but it is so much more than that. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. You can find sitters, nannies, housekeepers, dog walkers, senior care helpers, tutors, errand runners, and more. This can help any mom out, especially as we're in the midst of summer. You might need a little extra help, and Care.com can be the place for you. As a mom, I'm obviously concerned about who is watching my kids or who is cleaning my house. So another thing that I love about Care.com is they provide access to a variety of background check options so you can really make your best hiring decisions. The Care.com website is so easy to use. So if you just go over there and set up a free membership, you can start browsing the profiles and in the event that you want to reach out to somebody, you can sign up for their premium membership. And guess what? To save 30% off of Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash EMP when you subscribe and then you get that 30% off. That's Care.com slash EMP for a premium membership. Thank you so much to Care.com for sponsoring this show and making all of our summers a little bit easier as we're looking for those babysitters. <laughs> all right, Lynn, now let's get back to the rest of my conversation with the incredible Lori. And so after leaving the marriage, I'm sure it was a mixed bag, even with this strength and with this new wholeness and everything that was within you. I'm sure it was very, very difficult. But how did the next months and time unfold? Um, and did you ever dream you would get remarried? Um, yeah, you know, so it, single motherhood, it, it is a lot. It mm -hmm. is a lot. And, um, you know, I, if I have any advice to, to give here, it would be um, to, to make sure you ask for help. You know, I was always that person that... Um, was independent and I can get things done and I can make it happen and I don't want to put anyone out. And, oh man, I, I just came to the point where I realized like I'm dealing with so much, not only everything that you're trying to do as far as being a breadwinner and caring for your child and or children and all that goes on there, but then also all the emotional pain that you're dealing with, you know, even, even all the work that I had done, um, that had brought me to a better place was fantastic. And I, I was so grateful for that. Um, but it, it doesn't, you don't escape the grief of mm. losing a marriage. Um, it's, it's a loss. It's a death of something that you wanted so bad and you tried so hard for, um, and you gave everything you had and it's, it's done. Mm. And, and so, um, no matter, you know, how great of a place you, you find yourself in a, you know, emotionally or, you know, you're, you're going to have to go through the stages of grief. Um, and so with that, I would say, make sure you reach out to friends, family members, neighbors. You know, I can remember a time when I was, I knew I couldn't hold it in anymore. I was doing everything with my daughter and I was just about ready to lose it emotionally as far as like just sobbing. And I, I mean, it's okay for your kids to see you sad and to process that emotion with them, of course, but I knew this was going to be more than just a cry, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I just, the grief, grief hits you in just the weirdest ways at the weirdest times too. And, and you know, people, I, we all know that, that have, have gone through it. And I just texted my neighbor and uh, said, you know, hey, can any of your girls come play with Dallas? She had the best 
we had the best babysitters and her daughters. They were amazing. And next thing I know, they came up and took her outside and they're playing. And I just remember just sobbing, you know. And and so I think you do. You have to give your spa- yourself the space to grieve and to, to be and process emotion in a healthy way. Um, but then moving on to your other question of did I envision myself getting remarried? You know, thankfully I did. I, even though my marriage for a lot of years was really hard, um, you know, thankfully, um, you know, but for the grace of God, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think that's all I can attribute it to. I didn't lose hope that marriage could still be a good thing, that Mm. it could still be a beautiful thing and that it was still something that I wanted. So Yeah, that is so wonderful. And so how did you meet your now husband and how did all of that unfold for you? Um, yeah, so we, we actually, we met online, which, you know, in the beginning when I, it's so weird getting back into dating in your thirties, you know, you Mm -hmm. just, it felt so weird to me, but you know, in the beginning I was kind of against the online thing because I, that didn't exist when I was dating in college. Um, but then you find like, okay, this is, this is how you meet people these days. So, so yeah, I was really grateful and grateful for the online thing really, because it gave me the opportunity to meet a lot of different people. Whereas if, if I'm a, you know, a working mom, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not really running in social scenes to find dates. Yeah. (laughs) So overall the online thing actually, as much as I was against it in the beginning, it really became a huge blessing because I felt like I got to meet a lot of different people in, um, you know, and see myself, you know, with different personalities. And, um, I think it's, it's really helpful to, to, um, to get out there and meet people. So yeah, we met online, but then it was interesting. We were actually connected once, once we made the connection, you can see like who your mutual friends are. And we were connected by various people that we both knew. So that's always, that's always helpful. But yeah, you know, we dated for, um, over a year, um, and it was great and fun and magical in so many ways, but also I'll admit it was really scary to be putting yourself back in that position of being vulnerable and trusting again and loving. And, um, you know, we, we dated for over a year, but in that time we did break up three different times because <laughs> I think we were both just like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not ready for this, you know? So yeah. it's, it's a journey. It really is. Yeah, I am sure. And so when did you feel secure enough that it was worth the risk for lack of a better term again, because you'd had your heart broken before you'd had the disruption in your daughter's life. I would imagine it's a greater challenge to overcome because there's so many more things to consider than when you're 24 years old. How did you really come to that piece of knowing, yeah, this is the next chapter for me. Mm. And he had children, right? He, you, yes. you were going to become a stepmother as well. So that's a whole different thing and a different world. For sure. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah, he has three amazing teenage boys and they're fantastic, but you're, you're exactly right. The way you sum that up, there's just a lot more at stake here. And we both knew that. And, and we both, um, you know, having, it's just funny, the perspective you have when you're older, um, you know, when you're young, you just think you're, you're, it's going to be wonderful and you're going to do it different. And so it's going to be great. And it's not going to be as hard as people say it is. And you know, you kind of have these rose colored glasses on and it's like, 
when you're older and you've been through a lot of, you know, hard things in relationships and you start to recognize like, oh, wow, we know too much almost, you know, mm-hmm. we know what we're getting ourselves into here. We know that it's, it's going to be challenging and, and it's going to be hard. So, um, I think the biggest thing was just the communication. Um, he, my husband is an awesome communicator and very patient and, um, it honestly, it was the ups and downs of our dating experience that finally gave me the confidence to, to just say, yep, this is what I want and and this is who I want to be with because I saw how he handled things when they were hard. Like even when I had broken up with him and then, um, you know, and then decided, Oh wait, maybe I don't want to be done. I could see how he handled that and how, he communicated with me and how he was patient and humble and, you know, all these different things. Um, and then bringing, we didn't introduce our kids into our relationship for maybe, you know, four or five months. Mm -hmm. Um, but then that added a whole new element into our dating relationship and, and tricky, right? You're, you're dealing with all these different personalities and emotions and all the things the kids are going through. And so, um, as magical as dating was, it had a lot of really hard, um, moments like that where you're, you're seeing the reality of what you're dealing with. And, but in dealing with those hard things, that's what gave me the confidence that, yeah, this is the person that I want to be with and just watching how he, how he dealt with it and, and communicated with me. That is totally not what I was expecting you to say, but I totally get it because you're so right. Had it been smooth sailing and the romance and the Prince Charming that comes in to rescue you and your daughter, and it it is so unrealistic that it would last forever in that in that vein, right? But to be able to go through the hard things and endure them together and endure them well and continue communicating effectively, that really shows you you can face anything together. You you aren't you're not just you know, on the path of success together and, you know, for better, for worse, right? And and you really saw that. I think that is such a great insight that many 24-year-olds don't have because you might think at 24, like, oh, we fought over, you know, his socks on the floor or things like that. And you might think that's a deal breaker. But later on in life, you realize, you know, the battle's worth fighting and and how to get through those challenges. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and good. and there were a lot of magical moments too. I Yeah, <laughs> my sure. Husband's very romantic, so it was great. But yeah, no, you're right. If I'm honest, like that's what gave me the confidence to to do this. So Beautiful. Oh, that is so powerful. I love that. And so you did end up getting married. How long have you been married now? Um, let's see, just a little over a year. A year Amazing. and two months now. Oh, man. And people can go to your Instagram to see your wedding pictures. You just wore the most beautiful dress and seeing all of the kids together. How were his kids and how was your daughter with the blending? And tell me what that experience is like. I do not have that experience myself. And so I'm always so interested in people that have gone through different experiences than I have to get a little bit more insight into that. What were some of the major struggles and how have you kind of worked through those as a family? Oh yeah. Good question. Um, you know, again, I'll say, um, you know, he, he has fantastic boys and I credit it a lot to him being such a deliberate father, um, that they really are such good kids. But of course, um, you know, all of us are dealing with our own set of emotions with this new change in life. Um, you know, as I, as I look at blending, um, 
you know, my husband and I will sometimes joke about how if you think that being a parent is a thankless job, try being a step parent. (laughs) (laughs) We, we, but when I look at it, of course it's that way because, you know, as, as a mom, as a parent, um, the payoff a lot of times is just the bond that you have with your child, you know, that you'll do all these things and sacrifice so much. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that they love you and you love them and that, you know, you, they'll open up to you sometimes or they'll want you to snuggle with them or they'll, you know, whatever it is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you know that you've got that bond, but that bond comes from, years of, you know, from when they're tiny babies of, you know, sacrifice after sacrifice and serving and loving and all these things that create that bond. And so, of course, if you take a 15-year-old child and bring this new person in and or a seven-year-old, you know, same thing with my daughter to my husband now, it's like, okay, now as a parent, we kind of want that bond there because like, you know, if I look at things as a mom, I'm doing everything the same for these boys as I would my daughter. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. picking them up. I'm running around. I'm cooking dinner. I'm concerned about their schooling and their friends. And I'm mothering with my mother heart the same way that I would my own daughter, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But you have to just give so much room and so much time for that bond um, to happen. And and so I would say if, if. you know, I'm trying to give something helpful here and not just ramble on, but, um, I would say something that's been the most helpful for me is, um, kind of trying to practice like some self-appreciation is what I call it. Hmm. (laughs) And I know Hmm. initially it sounds a little bit funny, but, um, if I'm, if I'm looking to my kids to validate that I'm a great mom or a great stepmom, um, sometimes that's not going to happen. And, you know, a, a lot of times they do say thank you or they'll they'll say these things, which, again, so I, I'm not trying to paint them as anything but great kids. But, again, what I'm talking about is that bond that you have. Um, and it's going to take years for that to grow. And so I um, just try to kind of have my own back on this one uh, as far as like validating my own self of like, okay, how do I want to show up as a mom or a stepmom here? And how do I want to be? And I be that, but I'm not looking for them to, you know, validate it back or want to bond with me back over it or any of those things. Um, and, and I think this probably applies even too to, to people who haven't been through a divorce but are just trying to raise teenage kids. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that bond feels different or it feels um, whatever. And so if you're looking for your child to validate that you're a good mom, um, sometimes that's not going to happen. And, and don't get me wrong, this, um, this doesn't give permission for kids to be disrespectful Sure. Um, when I say they're not going to respond how you want them to, like we definitely don't allow any disrespect in our home. But hopefully, um, you can see kind of the difference of like the the validation that sometimes we seek as parents that we're not going to get, but we have to get our own back and and know that we're doing a great job no matter what. 
Well, and it kind of sounds like you're going back to the way that you tried to bolster yourself in your marriage before and realizing I'm going to own my part of this. I'm going to show up as myself and doing my part to contribute. And, and that is enough. So waiting for the other response to be exactly how I want it to unfold, my happiness is not contingent on that in a marriage and it's not contingent on that with my children, my biological children, or now with your stepchildren. You just show up in your best version of yourself. And I love the book. I was talking about this today on my Instagram, um, The Four Agreements. And he always says, do your best. And we might think, well, gosh, that's a tall order (laughs) to do your best all the time. But he says your best often fluctuates based upon your season, based upon how much sleep you got the night before, based upon, you know, different circumstances in your life. And as long as you're doing your best that is good enough and and providing grace for the rest of it when your best feels a little bit lower, when that bar feels a little lower than it has been on other days, that's fine. That is fine as long as you're doing your best. And I think that's great advice for a step parent, for any, for any parent, for any wife, for any person really, right? Absolutely. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It, definitely. And, and it doesn't mean you won't still feel disappointment sometimes, sure. you know, like if they don't respond how you want or whatever, you'll, oh, uh, inside you're like, oh, that's a little disappointing. But then you can get over it instead right. of letting it spiral into you're this and that or you're ungrateful or you're that blah, 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 you know, and the stories that kind of get out of control just, okay, they're doing their best. And I love that perspective you shared, you know, and, and maybe their best today doesn't look how we would necessarily want it to look, but you know, that's okay. Yeah. I like how you brought that up. Their best coming out of, you know, coming from a single parent home as well. And, um, their best welcoming in a new stepmom is going to look different too. So recognizing that there has to be grace in that season where they're adjusting to, they're not going to just do everything perfectly either, just as you're not. And as long as everybody recognizes that and everyone's on the same page that just do your best, it's a team effort and you're all going to be okay as long as you keep vying for that same goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I love so that. Giving a lot of grace along the way. Mm-hmm. I love that perspective. Oh, man. Well, I just love how your past experience has really helped you in this new circumstance, but really you're utilizing the same tools that you worked on before, it seems. So that that time and that and that work was definitely not wasted because now it's paying off in this new season. So you are an organizing expert. You have a thriving organizing business. You're looking to grow and expand even more and everything. But tell me what you have learned in working with other people in trying to help them to organize their lives. How does the inside workings of a person, how does that manifest itself in the clutter or the disorganization or the organization of their homes? Do you see that correlation as you work with people? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely when you clear out a space and, um, you know, create more organization, it's, that's the most rewarding part of what I do is Mm -hmm. just to see like the relief that's on my client's face and like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. And, you know, I can breathe and, oh, I feel like, you know, they just have more peace of mind and more clarity. And there's, there's so many benefits that come from it. Um, so yeah, I, it definitely, you know, you, you change your outer space. It definitely reflects how you feel on the inside. But I, I mean, I absolutely see this myself too, um, in, in my own life, um, both ways in that 
I, you know, it surprises people sometimes that I was always, you know, a pretty organized person and definitely at like work and getting things done and whatnot, but I would come home and I would, I would still have my cupboards and closets that, that bothered me. I'd open them and they're way over cluttered and ugh, like, I just hated it. I wasn't that person that's just been perfectly organized since the, you know, mm. since a teenager. And so I, I really set out with, when I said, okay, I'm going to start this business, I set out with the intention of, I want to improve this in my own life and then teach people how to do it in their life. And so, um, I, you know, I really had to learn how to just lean in to becoming who I wanted to be and stepping into that, knowing that like, yeah, this isn't the most natural thing for me. Like I find when I'm, um, when I start to get busy and overloaded in my life and, um, I'm naturally a really kind of messy person, you know, if I'll like have stuff starting to pile up on my desk or I'll leave cupboards open or I'll, you know, and I'll look around my house and I'll think, okay, this is totally a reflection of what's going on inside me yes. and like, and okay, I, okay, clean off your desk, write a list of what's going on in your head, try to create some order here. Um, and so, yeah, like I see it in clients, but I, I absolutely see it in myself. And I think that's, you know, what is so fun about working with people. I can absolutely relate to it. I bet that just must be so, so rewarding. And I love the question, you know, is it working for you? Because if something's working for you and it maybe is not something that would necessarily work for someone else, that's fine. You know, keep keep good things going. Um, driving through McDonald's once a week as a reward for my kids, it's working for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. But if Perfect. something is not working for you, you need to look at how you can make a change so that it works better for you. And it may take a little effort up front, but the long-term gain and the time and energy and angst that you save, like we we're talking about at the beginning of the show, that's just invaluable. Can you tell me one, two, or three things that you see commonly in people that you work with that it's like that simple fix or identifying that issue has just freed them up exponentially? For me, it was the spice drawer. The spice drawer was like, oh, and it seems like not a big deal, but it was not working for me before. And now my cooking has so much more ease. So for me, that was a pain point. Yeah, I, I love it. I, you know, it is, it's, it's so fun to see the small changes that can make a big difference. Yeah, I would say, you know, start small, mm -hmm. um, tackle a, a junk drawer and really get honest about like most of the things in there you never touch, you know, but really make a beautiful space for some pencils and pens and just the things you really need or, or even starting as simple as like a sock drawer, right? Mm. Like you can, you can, you can tackle that or another one that I think is so beneficial, um, is your bathroom because think you're in your bathroom every single day. It's where you get ready. Um, you know, just really clearing out all the little samples and things that really are not worth anything. And they're, they're cluttering your space. It feels so good to, to be able to get ready every single day in a space that feels, you know, so much more organized and just, um, calming. And so, um, yeah, I would say like, that would be one thing. Start small, um, really take a second to think about the feeling you want in your space um, and kind of let that motivate you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want my space to feel calm or, um, you know, beautiful, or I want it to, um, you know, really, I want to be able to find what I need the moment I need it. Like how good would that make you feel? What kind of feeling would that create in your life? 
um, to open a cupboard and just be like that sigh of, ah, that feels so good versus like, ah, I can never find what I need. And um, so really focus on the feeling that you're after and, and let that drive you. And then honestly, the most important thing that I, that I see is um, mindset, like all Mm -hmm. action that we, you know, that we make happen in our life comes from the thoughts that we're having. And so often people don't recognize the the way that they're viewing their stuff, you know, the thoughts that they're having about the items or possessions in their life. It's what's making them stay gripped to them and hold on to them when they, they don't need to. And it's actually really cluttering their life. And so that's probably the biggest thing that, uh, you know, it's something I'm working on right now that'll be up on my website here in a little bit, but helping people shift their their mindset from a place of scarcity and, oh no, I have to keep it and what if I need it and I spent money on it to shifting to a new way of thinking, adapting some new thoughts um, that more organized people have. And, and I know because I've, I've had to shift my own thinking, you know, over the last six years of being on this journey myself and I, I view things differently now and it's so freeing to have different thoughts and to view things differently. And when I can help people do that, then it's really super helpful. Oh, those are great tips. So you work one-on-one with clients, but then also just following along either on your website or on Instagram can just help you to have new ideas and inspiration and motivation to, to do it in your, for yourself. But if you do need that kick in the pants, there's people like you to help come alongside you to really support you in making those changes. So where can people find you online or where can they seek out your services? Yeah, and I actually do um, an online program as well. I do it about twice a year um, that I work with clients all over the country or Canada or wherever as well through the online program. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Organizing Habits um, or my website is organizinghabits.com. Perfect. I always ask my guests one final question, Lori, and it is this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, I would say that, hold on, sister, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is going to look a lot different than you thought it would or that it should, but um, just to, to believe in the power of resiliency and um, the power you have to choose and to, you know, I, I'm a really religious person, a Christian, and, and Um, so I feel like I have to give credit where credit is due that I believe that's the atonement of Christ is where that resiliency comes from. And, and so just to believe in that, but the, the way you apply that atonement or resiliency is through the choices and Mm -hmm. reaching out for help and, you know, um, reading books and, and surrounding yourself with the things that are going to empower you to open up and, and be open to this path, even though it's going to look a lot different than you ever thought it would. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your journey, Lori. I just want to acknowledge you for covering a topic that is not easy, that a lot of people are not very open about because there can be shame or guilt or different emotions. And it's just, you feel fragile, right, around this topic. But I know that your words and your journey and your commitment to hope and and bettering yourself and be an example for your daughter, that is going to give so many people hope. I think you are just extraordinary. I really do. Thank you for sharing today. 
Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. I really appreciate that. You're the best. Thanks for saving my spice drawer. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day, Lori. That's right. Thank you. Can you just hear the smile in Lori's voice? You can tell she's smiling on the other side of that, right? And if you check out her Instagram, you'll see that beautiful smile as well. She is so gorgeous, and she has a beautiful family now with sons, and it is just really exciting. So congratulations on your one-year anniversary coming up, Lori, and I just want to thank her for sharing this journey that involved a lot of pain, a lot of growing pains, a lot of growth, but ultimately good things in her life because she was so dedicated to seeking after those things and believing that love was possible and wholeness was possible. We're all on a journey, aren't we, to do our best and show up every day to own our part of things and to really continue to learn every single day. I mean, we can't ask for any more than that. So thanks, Lori, for coming on the show today. It was so fun getting to chat. I just learned so much from her. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Our website to see Lori's pictures of her cute family, her and her sweet wedding dress along with her daughter Dallas, and links to everything we talked about. And if you want to get in touch with Lori, that's over there on ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Coming up this Friday, you're going to hear a lower voice, and it's a lower voice with an accent. For our Father's Day episode, I am bringing back the husband of a past guest. Brittany Price is somebody that was on the show um, just over a year ago, I think. Yeah, about a year ago now. And she had experienced the loss of her first husband. She shared about that process, and then about, at the end of the episode, she talked about how she had recently become engaged to a new man, and that man is Daniel Brooker. They have been married for almost a year now, and Daniel is coming on the show, and I wanted to acknowledge him for our Father's Day episode for being an extraordinary father. He also lost his first wife and had to go through a very difficult time of grieving and finding himself and finding his inner strength. They are a beautiful couple. They are a power couple, if ever you've seen one. And now they have a goal of just sharing God's love, God's message, and his faithfulness in restoring souls because he is healed and is healing their hearts. And he's going to come on on Friday to share his experience and fatherhood journey. So I hope you'll tune in for that on Friday. Thanks to those of you who have left reviews recently and have reached out to me and share the show. I really, really appreciate it. Make sure you're tagging me when you share the episode so I can say thanks. Thanks again for tuning in today, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.